Hi, this is Eric Chase, the afternoon host on Cumulus Media Toledo's Q105 and your host for another episode of 68 Words with the Ability Center. It's National Disability Employee Awareness Month. Our guest today is Jacob Carnes. He is the Northwest Ohio Business Relations Specialist for Opportunities for Ohioans with Disabilities. It is a mouthful, but Jacob also has a mouthful of ways he and his team may be able to solve your employee problem so you can at long last take down that now hiring sign. I think sometimes there are some um, unconscious attitudes or biases that, that can lead to um, not quite you know, understanding on the surface how someone who could do the job can, can make that happen. Um, there are some studies that, that demonstrate that uh, retention rates for employees with disabilities are either close to or greater than the retention rates for employees without disabilities. People, places, and spaces doing disability differently sharing first-hand experience in our podcast. Inspired by the 68 words that spoke the disability rights movement, learn where it started and what's next. Hi, my name is Stuart James and I'm the executive director here at the Ability Center and welcome to 68 Words. Jacob Carnes, welcome to 68 Words. Thank you for taking the time to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, let me take several minutes and go over your uh, your position and where you're from. Your business cards have to be the size of the checks that people win lotteries with, right? <laughs> Just about, yeah. Um, Northwest Ohio Business Relations Specialist for Opportunities for Ohioans with Disabilities. That's right. Did yes. I, I got all that right. What exactly is that, Jacob? Yeah, so, so as our business relations specialist, um, I cover Northwest Ohio. Um, so we have uh, four counterparts of mine who cover the different areas of the state. And so I cover our 22 counties in the, this northwest corner. Um, I, I partner with businesses, um, educational organizations, and nonprofits to uh, work on recruitment and retention of employees with disabilities uh, to jobs in the community. Um, in this position, um, I'm part of our Division of Employer and Innovation Services, and I uh, serve to connect employees and employers to all of our resources, um, disability awareness and etiquette training, uh, candidate sourcing, um, worksite accessibility services um, are, are the most common ones, but, mm-hmm. but there are several others, too. Um, we can get into a pretty big problem here that's plagued a lot of places, um, every kind of business, every kind of operation over the last couple of years for the obvious reasons is what I usually like to say. Um, and, and everybody's got a now hiring sign up and maybe with what you just talked about, we can offer some, um, solutions that are not nearly as challenging as, as you might think. Uh, but I've got to first ask you digging into who you are and, and on your website and everything. Um, I couldn't come up with what drew you to this line of work? Do, do you yourself have a disability? As I look at you, you do not have one, but that, that could be misleading. Yeah, I, I do not have a disability. Um, what, what drew me to this line of work is I, I think it just being a part of a community um, in which every member has dignity and worth and value has been something that has been ingrained, to, ingrained, ingrained into me from a young age. Um, I you know, just love to be a part of, of a community in which people work with each other, bear with each other. And whatever their background is, um, whatever their, their situation is, um, I'm just, just glad to be a part of that. And so I think my, um, my, my skills and my, um, what I love to do lends itself well to this field. And um, I started as a, a residential service provider, actually. Um, I, was, um, I, I would provide in-home services to people with disabilities. And uh, from there, I kind of got connected with um, the job development side of things, where I would um, meet with um, candidates and, and connect them to jobs. And then from there, I kind of just 
ended up in this position. So, um, yeah, I think it's a good match for, for what I'm passionate about um, and, and what I'm good at. Um, October is National Disability Employment Awareness Month. When you got into this job, what was kind of like an oh, wow moment? Um, something that reshaped your mindset when it comes to people or places with disabilities. Something that you seem like a quite quite a compassionate and sympathetic person. I could be totally wrong. You could be an evil devil out there, but I don't think so. <laughs> What's something that uh, maybe generally you thought, but once you really dug into what you do and were helping people with disabilities, you had that oh wow or that aha moment. Yeah, so one statistic that struck me is that roughly one in four Americans has a disability. Yeah. And um, I was listening to a previous version of this podcast, and I, I you heard you talking about um, invisible disabilities. Um, and that, that's probably one of the bigger things is that of that subset of, of Americans with disabilities, so many of those disabilities are, are not immediately apparent. They're, they're invisible. Um, and the, the, back to that one in four number, um, it, um, because of that number is so high, that, that makes um, people with disabilities the largest minority group in the country. Um, and it's also the only group that we could join at any time in our lives. Yeah. And so um, I think just, just the scale of it um, is, is something that struck me, is that that's, that's something that's encountered by uh, people in our communities all over the place. If, uh, if you... I don't know which podcast I had said it on, and, and, and I hate to say it because it, it can sound so empty and, and, and trite, but... You illustrated it with the numbers that are very accurate. Everybody's got something in, in a lot of ways, especially over the last couple of years. I'm sure you have had friends, family members, people that you've tried to help who were, um, were completely fine a couple of years ago and, and had a real hard time dealing with the anxiety and the stressors of COVID. Um, we don't often spend a whole lot of time or dive right into the invisible disabilities or, or mental health, um, which can be an impairment, an impairment that I can certainly speak to. But I saw as we record this now, uh, the webinar will be live um, by the time this releases. On September 29th, there was a, on your website, a mental health disabilities webinar. You guys have uh, like a trove of ways to help employers. But before we get to some of the other things, tell me about that and your approach and guidance to employers who deal with employees who may have mental health issues. Yes, yeah, so those webinars are developed by our employer and innovation services team, and um, we have a worksite accessibility specialist. Her name is Julie Wood, and she does a wonderful job of um, considering the guidance from the ADA and then understanding the employer's perspective and putting together this um, these webinars and these trainings that really help bridge that gap and provide some of those best practices for when you're you're working with an employee with a mental health disability. Um, I, I think that the a, a lot of this guidance can um, intersect with with itself as far as how you how employers handle visible and invisible disabilities. But I think the biggest thing that employers should be should be willing to consider is is making sure that the um, the process for requesting reasonable accommodations is is well known. It, it's, it's something that employees don't have to feel um, concerned about or worried about. That oh, if I if I disclose this, that it's going to cause um, a burden for the employer, or sure. it's going to cause a perception of me that that is you know not going to be beneficial on, in a professional environment. And so, so really, just um, 
having a clear, reasonable accommodation request process, um, and then building a culture in which um, employees feel welcome to disclose that sort of thing so that they can they can get the assistance they need and so that, that the employer can um, uh, adjust the work environment, the, whatever it looks like. That can be, there's there so many ways that that can take shape, but, sure. but really just making sure that that um, that process is well known and is and is open and welcome, and there's a culture in place to deal with that. Um, we can uh, the Ability Center here is located on Monroe Street, the, one of the key key shopping corridors here of Northwest Ohio um, and parts of Michigan. We could each drive a different direction, east and west, down Monroe, and we would we would have to see who saw more now hiring signs. <laughs> um, tell me how. What you do um, can help people solve that. Not only hire people with disabilities, but um, retaining them as well. And I think I, I saw something on the website. What is the website, by the way? It's uh, so we it's OOD, OOD.ohio.gov. Yes, got I, it. Again, I got caught in my, <laughs> in sure. my throat. OOD.ohio.gov uh, is our website. Is a, again, a trove of information there. Hopefully, you'll, you'll head over to the site after Jacob and I wrap up this podcast because, again, it's webinar upon webinar mm-hmm. upon webinar. Um, and things that might surprise you how easily it, uh, it is to accomplish what you're looking for. Um, I did see that it is often easier to retain employees with disabilities. Yes, yes. So um, there are some studies that, that demonstrate that uh, retention rates for employees with disabilities are either close to or greater than the retention rates for employees without disabilities. And, any idea why that might be? Well, there, it, it can take a lot of different shapes, and, sure. and, and there's a lot of different reasons for that. But but one thing that I yeah, I think that there is, in general, a ton of support in place. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things where if... Uh, if that support is in place for the, for the person with a disability, uh, a job coach, a job developer, um, vocational rehabilitation counselors, there's a whole team that says, you know, hey, we, we, we want to be with you and provide the support that's necessary to uh, to make sure that this job placement works out. Maybe simply if uh, you have been hired as someone with a disability in the past, perhaps it was very open-minded, but just a decent human being who hired you, and why the heck would you want to leave that? Um, how can you uh, and those with disabilities help Help fill that that void of a lack of employees right now. It really is much easier than people than employers would think to bring somebody with a disability on board. I'm sure it could be quite frightful, but it, it shouldn't be. Yeah, absolutely. So um, our agency serves um, a, a wide variety of people with disabilities in. Uh, Lucas County and the surrounding areas who are, uh, we, we call it job ready. And I, I don't think that's a misnomer. That's an accurate phrase. So the, the people that we serve with our vocational rehabilitation uh, counselors and job developers, um, we, we work with these candidates on job seeking skills training and on um, just job readiness to um, just ensure that the skills are there, that the readiness to work, understanding what it means to work um, is in place um, as they prepare to, to look for a job. And then um, We what I do in my role is is I work with our talent sourcing coordinators internally and job developers to say, okay, we have these candidates with these job goals. This is what they're looking for: the hours of work, you know. And then we look at our employer partners and Mm -hmm. we say, okay, um, what's what's the match there? So so, you know, this employer is hiring all these candidates. Um, How can we? Um, bring these candidates in, you know, to, to make that connection happen. And so, whether that's um, supporting an application through their typical online process, or whether that's um, some customized thing where I'll email the employer, whatever that looks like for the employer, I want to bridge that gap and connect that person who's ready to work with that job that's 
you know, needs to be done. Um, as I had mentioned as we were chatting off the air, I, I applaud uh, TPS. Uh, although tr trying times call for desperate measures, um, there's been a lack of substitute teachers across mm -hmm. all districts. And, and some of the schools have reduced the... Um, the qualifications. Like if you're a living, breathing, somewhat responsible adult, you can sub for a day. Um, but we're in that position. And many, and many places are like that where they've had to reduce hours or can't be open on certain days, or they have to, they're unable to open on a day where they'd like to be open because of lack of employees. Um, employers really need to stretch their imagination when it comes to who they should hire. And they shouldn't, I don't want to say uh, discriminate against, but don't look at someone perhaps who is in a wheelchair some of the time or perhaps vision impaired as someone who couldn't be a viable employee for them, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think sometimes there are some um, unconscious attitudes or biases that, that can lead to um, not quite you know, understanding on the surface how someone who could do the job can can make that happen, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's another big part of what we do. Um, we have um, on our website... Um, it, we had mentioned it's ood.ohio.gov, but um, at the top portion, of the, the banner of the website, um, it says information for employers. Uh, click on that, and then um, one of the main things that's on our site is called the Inclusive Employer Toolkit, and that's on, on the left-hand side there. Um, and that really talks through um, several different categories of information that, that employers can can understand to help them, you know, address those those unconscious approaches to hiring people with disabilities. But but one of them, we have this this PDF that kind of distills all of this in one place. You know, so it, it really talks about understanding what are the essential functions of the job, right? And regardless of whatever um, someone comes to you if they're you know in a wheelchair, if they um, you know disclose other types of disabilities, you know, whatever that looks like. Um, understanding can they do the essential functions of the job? That's that's really the question that it, yeah. that it boils down to, and um, we want to help those employers and those individuals understand how to make that happen. And so, whether that's a quick look at an, at an accommodation or um, another approach at doing things, we really want to consider how we can how we can work together to to connect that person with the essential functions of the job. I don't mean to, to call anybody out, but I think it's about raising awareness into that 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 preconceived notion, that bias. What is a common misperception or stereotype that a, an employer would have about someone with a disability? Um, what's the most common one that you come across? And again, I don't mean to call anybody out, but it's just to the point of looking beyond it and letting you know that that bias is there and also that you've had that now hiring sign up for the last 18 months and you really need some bodies. Yeah, so I don't want to beat the drum too hard on invisible disabilities, it, beat it, beat it, beat it. But, but honestly, um, so we have this disability etiquette training that we um, we, we, we put on and um, one of the first slides on that training, it presents a slide of seven individuals up against a wall, like, you know, a brick wall. Like a lineup. Right, it's a lineup, exactly, a police lineup, right? Um, and the, the question is posed to the attendees of this, this training um how many of these people do you think has a disability you know and so, so some of the people have have an apparent disability you know one is um has has a service dog one has you know a, a white cane one has a prosthetic and and so we, we pose the question then to the audience so yeah how, how many people and so they might have some idea of what we're getting at with that but ultimately the answer to that question is we we don't know how many people have a disability just by just by looking just by you know there, there's so many other factors that can that can play into that and so um, em, employers uh, understanding that just because someone doesn't you know come with an obvious disability does not mean that there isn't you know something at play there that um, you know, can can be can be worked on, can be um, you know addressed, and that you know people are qualified for the positions 
um, that that's what you're looking at, right? You're gonna do the job yeah. rather than rather than whatever externals are apparent there um, at, at first glance. I think it's important to go back to just for a second, like what are the essential functions of the job, and perhaps not a bias, not not a bias, but just. Um, if you if you're a business owner or employer, look, I get it. There's a lot of emails. It's a busy day. You're getting called after hours, and and it's easy to overlook stuff. But perhaps you are overestimating some of what you need from that position that you were so desperately trying to hire for. And if you actually take a breath and look at those functions, as you mentioned, and one of the people on those lineup. Everybody, perhaps in that lineup, could do that job very easily, and then you've got your body solved. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's it's, it's absolutely correct as far as just you know stripping the job down to what is its function, rather than this is how we've always done something or this is how we think it you know, maybe should probably be done. Rather, it's essential functions and 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 making that match based on that. In a cliche type way, yet again, that I always apologize for is um, it, it may be rocket science, but it's not rocket science. <laughs> You're simply having someone greet someone or they're working a register or they're helping someone at a, at a self-checkout or whatever it might be. Um, what else did I want to ask you? There's lots to go over. Um, $50. That was the number I was looking for. Did I see something on, again, the very helpful website that $50 might be all it might cost someone to make their uh, employee setting? Um uh, viable or accessible? Yeah. So, so one statistic that we uh, we we've we've gathered is that, um, and I, th- I think you're referring to workplace accommodations and the yeah. costs associated. So, fifty eight percent of workplace accommodations cost nothing, and then often the cost is less than five hundred dollars. Right. Um, and I'm, there may be a fifty dollars in there that I'm, I'm on the wrong, tr- wrong track here. I but think I had a five and a zero, and I might have missed the fifty eight or the five hundred. But I knew when I saw yeah. it, I knew that it was nominal, nominal, yeah. or your place might be re- ready to go anyway, or it might might be just moving a couple tables and chairs around uh, to accommodate someone again who's going to help your business. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's sometimes all it, all it is is just okay. How is how is our space set up? How is um, you know how do we do things? What's our process like for onboarding and hiring? Are there any um, aspects of that process in which um, inaccessibility might come into play? And so, um, typically, workplace accommodations, um, you know, it's the the, the majority um, cost cost nothing. It's just uh, sure. looking at something and making a, you know uh, some some. Small change, but then yeah, like you said, it's, it's if there is a cost involved, it's typically nominal, and it's usually not a recurring cost. It's not something where you know it's a you have to pay a subscription fee or, or whatever to 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 some service generally. Um, but yeah, usually it's a, it's a very small cost, and um, if there is concern about navigating that sort of thing, that's where I'd be glad to come in and look at the specifics. But it's you know um, yeah, it, it really is not an onerous or a, or a specifically or extra difficult type of thing to to approach. Although I could, can't understand that it could be daunting. And do you, have any, do you have any examples of what um, what could fall under what that small cost, that small one-time cost could be? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the one that typically, I think the most commonly uh, thought of accommodation is a wheelchair ramp, right? Um, and that, that can be a, be a bigger cost. But um, there was, there, there, there's a, a workplace that you know, is, is a call center. And um, what they have done in the past is for um, candidates who are blind or have low vision, um, they rearranged uh, cubicles um, to provide an, an, an area of the, um, the workspace that is you know, easy, more, more easy, easily navigable um, so that you know, when um, someone is receiving orientation and mobility services, it's, it's more straightforward. Mm-hmm. And so that might take a call. You, know, you might have to, to purchase um, 
um, a, a desk that is going to be at the, the right height or whatever. You know, what, what specifically that looks like can vary, but ultimately it's a one-time thing saying, okay, we'll set up this specific area where it's more easily accessible and whatever, um, you know, workplace costs that, 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 that would involve, you know, could, uh, are again pretty small. One thing with with candidates who are who are blind or have low vision, um, dots for a keyboard, mm-hmm. very small cost. <laughs> you know, just, just you know, those can be purchased, placed on a keyboard, so that um, employees can can navigate, can can by touch understand where you know um, what entries they're making onto a keyboard, that sort of thing. Uh, I would find it interesting or important to point out, like you talked about, how um, maybe a, a certain kind of desk or or something of a, of a certain height. Um, yeah, it might be a, a cost that you. You're reluctant to incur 500 bucks, maybe a thousand dollars, even though we didn't get to that. Um, but if you really like this person and you feel the chemistry and connection there, it's worth. I mean, we invest in our employees and they invest back in us, right? It's probably better to invest that six hundred dollars on wherever you need to get that desk from or whatever the cost is, um, rather than continuing to hunt for what you might think the perfect person is because it's very hard to thread that needle these days. It is, yeah, and, and the, the costs of onboarding are, are substantial. Yeah. You, know, you have to pay for the, the wages of the employee who's being trained, the wages of a, of a trainer, um, the HR onboarding, whatever aspect, whatever, whatever that looks like for, for the specific employer. There are absolutely a lot of costs involved there, and when looking at the big picture of how much that can cost, um, the, the amount of, of costs that you're looking at for a small accommodation, um, it, if that's what it takes to to save that money yeah. <laughs> so that you're not having to do the whole process again with another candidate, um, it's, it's absolutely worth it. Yeah, if you have someone with a disability who perhaps has some experience that you're looking for, but you're going to have to spend 500 bucks to make sure that they can um, effectively work versus another person who there are some doubts about, but they do not have a disability, the preconceived bias would be, let me hire the person without the disability. Not all the time, mm. but if you uh, boil it down to numbers like that, you, it's worth investing in the employee, and especially if they're eager to work for you. Um, let's talk about, we'll go back to retain a little bit. You uh, Not only do you kind of scout out a place for people and offer employers ways to um, make things more accessible, uh, you also help with retainment as well, right? You kind of coach the employer um, uh to help that employee out through any challenges? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we, we provide um, our, our vocational rehabilitation um, side of our agency provides uh, job coaching and retention services. There are um, uh, individuals who go into the workplace and um, provide assistance with that training um, side of things. So if there's an, there's an employee who might require just additional reinforcement of what those job duties in- include, um, the, the coach comes in, learns alongside the individual, and um, can, can help bridge that gap, and then also helps with communication with the employer. So if there's um, some, if something's being missed between um, the, the employer, the supervisor, whoever that is, and the employee, that, that, that job coach can say, okay, let's, let's figure out how we, can, how we can address this in the best way. And so um, our agency um, partners with, with um, community agencies to provide that, that service. Um, and that the coaching is the more intensive side of things where, sure. where the coach is there on site, one-on-one. Um, but then we also provide uh, retention services. So, so the goal is for the um, individual to eventually be performing that job totally independently, of course, with the natural supports in place on, on the work, work site. And um, 
but that retention service is in place um, absolutely to uh, to make sure that if there's any any gaps, um, those are again bridged. A million dollar a million dollar question, or perhaps not that much. But oh boy. Again, another cliche. Another cliche. That coach that might come in to help that employer or business is it of no cost? Yeah, it's absolutely awesome. no cost to the employer. Great. Right. Yeah, that's Great. that's an important thing. Good. good. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. So yeah, it is. It is, and and I I hope we painted a pretty clear picture here of why you should not overlook someone with a disability because there are all these things in place, including very few costs or perhaps just moving a couple of chairs around mm. um, to get a really great employee that you might otherwise overlook. Um, well, and if I could, one, sure. one thing I'd also add is that we also provide services for employees who experience an onset of a disability. Mm-hmm. Um, so this could be someone who's been on the job for 20, 30 years, and maybe they're experiencing some hearing loss, or they, they have a you know, physical impairment that's limiting their ability to, to perform the, the functions of the job in the same way that they had been. We also provide services. It's not, it's not just for new employees. It's for, for people um, from any at any point in their... Um, what we want to do is assist people in maintaining um, obtaining or maintaining employment. And so sometimes that could be someone who is just an absolute pro at the job. There's no need for that, for that coaching side of things, but it's just maybe, um, you know, whatever that looks like, <laughs> we can provide the services to, to make that make that happen, um, assist with maybe purchasing some rehabilitation technology, that sort of thing. Um, I, I think that's super important. Thank you for bringing that up because I could only imagine if somebody who was going through just natural aging and vision loss, hearing loss, whatever it might be, perhaps there's, there's an accident of some kind, I'm sure one of the things that will go through that person's mind is, am I ever going to be able to do, let's assume, let's assume that somebody actually does love their job and can't wait to get there every day. And then all of a sudden that's taken up, potentially taken away from them. You guys can fill that gap and go, hold on a second. We can teach your employer how to do some work around so that you can continue to do what you like to keep your headspace busy and not work about what you're going through right now. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, again, your website is exhaustive. Can you give me a couple more details about some of the webinars and some of the other great tools that are on there to help employers? Yeah, so we're actually currently talking with an employer in the area who um, came to us and said, um, you know, we, we are doing a lot to try to be accessible to individuals with disabilities and we're, we're, we're approaching this as best we can. But one thing that we've encountered is that if an employee on the production floor um, discloses to their supervisor that they have a disability, that supervisor might be someone who's not necessarily trained to to deal with the ins and outs of what they can and cannot disclose to other people. Or, um, you know, if, a, if an accommodation is put in place, um, you might have coworkers saying, well, well, why does this person get this accommodation and I don't, you know? And, and so we have a training, it's called a Supervisors in Title I of the ADA, that, that goes into detail about um, how, how can a supervisor be best equipped and prepared to handle that sort of thing? Uh, if an employee discloses to them um, what they can and, and, and according to the guidance of the ADA cannot say um, or disclose to, to coworkers or anyone else and, and how, to, how to collaborate with HR. And we want to help employers understand how they can collaborate with, with their existing policies and how those um, are also informed by the ADA. Mm-hmm. And so that, that training, Supervisors in t- Title I of the ADA, um, is a fantastic one. Um, like you said, we had you know, mental health disabilities um, in, in the workplace. We have that webinar that will have been released uh, by the time that, that uh, it's there on the website now. <laughs> right? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, whatever the, the the background or the specific disability is, we we have a webinar that addresses that, and um, we um, we are really excited to see employers join those. And um, as you register, if there's any 
um, follow-up information you want to request, if you want to get in touch with me, feel free to do that. And there's there's a box you can check on that registration form that says, hey, I, I'd love for someone to reach out to me to to not only follow up on that on the content of this webinar, but talk through, okay, like you said, there's the there's the now hiring signs. How can we get these candidates into our into our yeah. workplace? And so um, that's where I come in, and I'm, I'm glad to help uh, help help address those sorts of things. You planted another seed, which is we're we're a little tight on time, but maybe we can take about sixty seconds to talk about it. Um, you mentioned that the employer is welcoming to someone with a disability. The supervisor, um, maybe they're closer to the person, they have more doubts about it. I can only imagine some of, and you, and you talked about um, uh, maybe other employees saying, why do they get this accommodation, but I don't? What about me? Um, everything is politics. There's a lot of yes. office <laughs> office drama. That's got to be challenging as well. And maybe that's just more, um, more, more, more people training than anything else mm-hmm. because I mean, we can't control people's minds all the times, and that's got to be a really challenging situation for like those dynamics. Yes, it, it absolutely is. That I, I can definitely you know speak to that being something that that employers encounter as it's a. It's, it's, it can be an awkward situation. And so we, we do offer training specifically toward that as well um, for the supervisors. We also can do, um, it's not just webinars, we can come in person to do training. You could take an hour and say, hey, let's do a disability etiquette class um, so that um, the, you know, the supervisors, the office staff, whoever would be in that situation uh, really feels more comfortable handling that sort of thing. And if that person is that reluctant to hire this seemingly good employee or to be their supervisor, we can find you work elsewhere. <laughs> well, it, it is always a process. You know, yeah. it is, it is um, you know, understanding disability inclusion um, is, is certainly something that, that doesn't come overnight and we're, we're glad to bear with um, you know, misunderstandings or, or things like that because um, it definitely takes some time to develop a, sure. an understanding of how, how best to, to provide a welcoming workspace. Um, you came in with a long list of notes. Did we cover just about everything of importance? We covered a large chunk of it, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, um, I do have one last question, and it might be just, a, it just might be very, very vague or not quite inappropriate, um, but gray area. Are there, are there any fields for people with certain disabilities that really sync up really well that whether the employer was reluctant or the potential employee was reluctant. Let's say someone is vision impaired, but there's a job that they're really, no pun intended, eyeing or interested in, but they believe that their disability could, might not make them a fit. Is there a a good pairing for people with certain disabilities with certain places of work? Or what might you say to someone like that in that position? No, go for that job. We can help you. Yeah, so typically our approach is, is to, again, kind of strip it away and look at the, the essential functions of the job. And, and um, rather than, than matching the disability to the job, we want to match the, the, the person to the job and the, the qualifications to the job rather than the disability. I, that, that being said, though, there, there, it, it does end up working out that, that some fields do end up working out better for, for someone with specific types of disabilities. And so... Um, yeah, but but again, I think the the main importance is that um, main point of importance rather is, is that we look at the the essential function and the, the skill set of, of the person and match it up from that perspective, um, rather than a, a categorization of disability um, to, to the job. I thought of another question. If you listen to any of the other podcasts, even I'm learning that my last question is never actually my last question. But I will make this my very last question. Then we'll dive into some some real fun stuff. And again, thank you for being here. We've talked so much about helping employers get employees because and, and to pull down the now hiring signs. How much work do you do with people with disabilities to encourage them to get jobs where they they unknowingly might be perfect fits? Yeah, so that's something where our 
vocational rehabilitation counselors, um, and job developers will work very closely with um, with the, the people that we serve to do a skills inventory, skills assessment, and, and, and take a step back and say, okay, I might have thought that this job area is what would be best for me, but really... Um, Maybe there's a, a shift in perspective that can be helpful. And so they, they do um, career exploration services to kind of go out and talk to employers about, hey, what is it really like to work in this field? And so, um, yeah, a lot of times um, there, there is some misunderstanding about what work can can really mean. And so we, we absolutely work a ton with the candidates themselves to understand what it means to be pursuing work in a specific field and how they can be best prepared to approach that. Where on the website can people find that information? So our um, th- th- that portion of the website is at the, uh, from oodworks.com. Um, that's that's where people can apply is oodworks.com. From the main webpage ood.ohio.gov, there's a section called um, Individuals with Disabilities at the very top. Got it. Click on that at the and there's tons of resources about how to connect with a vocational rehabilitation counselor, um, how to apply for services, and um, what to expect when you undergo that process. Excellent. Um, now onto the fun part. Uh, I may or may not ask you the rapid fire questions that Mallory put down, um, but I I looked up uh, Jacob Carnes. Yeah. I, I looked. I googled that name. Uh-oh. You were not the first person to come up. Um, some dude that works at Chick Fil A. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've seen that. Uh, he yeah. comes up and what, what else? The diehard Chick Fil A, and I believe he also has his own podcast. Oh, does so, he? So, from finding that that Jacob Carnes, um, what is your favorite fast food restaurant? Favorite fast food restaurant? That's that's a, a loaded question. Um, uh, probably um, Culver's. It's, it's really growing on me. Okay. Um, okay. If, if that counts, yeah. Um, You'll wait the line out. I do. I, I have patience for, for that, that quality of burger. I am, I'm willing to deal with a little bit longer line if that's what I get at the end of it. What's your go-to grab at Culver's? Culver's, um, a, a butter burger of any type. Okay. I, I'm not too discerning when it comes to that. As long as there is, you know, the, the hamburger and it, and it tastes like it typically does, the, the you know, different condiments, I'm willing to, to make some adjustments. I'm, a, I'm an enthusiastic person about whatever I can, whatever I can have, so I'm not too picky. Uh, the, I think, the, I think that, that Jacob Carnes wanted to be a podcaster. Do you have a favorite podcast you listen to? You oh. don't have to say this one. Oh, well, I mean, I, I've listened to this one more than any other. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I guess that has to be my default. I, I can't even, I, I don't even know which ones would be my favorite. What do you but. spend most of your time listening to? Listening to, I, I enjoy music, um, all sorts of different music, um, mostly alternative stuff, not a, you know, from a hipster type of perspective, but, but, you know, just, just whatever, whatever music is out there. Um, I, uh, yeah, I do listen to different audiobooks. Um, What's the last audiobook you listened to? Last audiobook. I listened to Jane Eyre, actually, again. Okay. Yeah, so going back to the classics. Um, one more thing from other Jacob Carnes's in the in the Carnes verse. I think there's another one. He's a football coach. Oh. Okay. Do you have a sport of passion? Something that makes you lose your mind because your team had too many penalties or whatever it might be? Well, I lost my mind playing slow pitch softball this summer. Okay. That was that was a I mean, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it, but but um, I, I'm not nearly as good as I once was. Not that I was ever good, but right. but, I, but I'm I'm less good now, and so uh, no, I enjoy slow pitch softball. I'm a, I'm a Buckeyes fan, and so a couple weeks back when when Ohio State and Toledo played, I um, I had to split my my allegiances there. But I'm, I'm definitely a pretty diehard Buckeyes fan. How confident are you that they will take a little revenge after a one year Michigan winning streak? You know, looking at recent history, I don't think there's any way that that, that Michigan makes it two in a row. I just, I mean, you when's know, the I, last time? Because it had been years, fifteen, sixteen years since Michigan had last won. When's the last time they won two in a row? I don't know. I think they won in 2011 when there was the interim coach, um, when Fickle was the interim coach. Back, it had to have been early 2000s. Yeah, um, it's been a while. But Trestle had a good track record. I don't know. I mean, it was. Who, who's your all-time favorite Ohio State player? Wow. 
a favorite Ohio State player? That's a very good question. Um, you know, I really enjoyed watching Maurice Claret as I was right. growing up and saw him play. Mm-hmm. That was just wonderful. But I'm glad yeah. that he he got some retribution and got his life back on track. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a great redemptive story. It was it was awesome to see that. Um, speaking of of redemption and, uh, and and turning into an adult that can put good good back out into the world, I will use one of Mallory's questions. Um, you are in the workplace, and uh, it's always. A meme can be nice on social media, but professional advice, I think more people should be more receptive of. What's the best piece of professional advice uh, you've ever received that you maybe uh, regurgitate and spit back out to others? Sure. So so I think this is advice that can work from both a professional perspective and from a private perspective. But um, I, I would say it's to never underestimate the importance of community. Um, everyone around us, family, friends, and neighbors is, is going through life as best that they can. And, and so are we, um, everyone is living a equally three-dimensional life inside, you know, from their perspective is what, is what you are. And so there's going to be idiosyncrasies and frustrations as you deal with people, but, but, um, ultimately the importance of bearing with people and, um, building that sense of community is, is of utmost importance. I'm sure you had to tell yourself that a lot over the last two and a half years, because so many of us, myself, maybe yourself at times, we've run a little light on patience and grace, and then we got to like reset and go, hold on a second. You know? Absolutely. Step back, take a deep breath and just understand that, that, you know, somebody's internal life is just as vivid as yours is. And so, so, so bear with them and, and, and care for them in, in the best way that you can. Jacob Carnes, once again, I'm going to take the last 10 minutes here to recite where you're from, the Northwest Ohio Business <laughs> Relations Specialist for Opportunities for Ohioans with Disabilities. That's, that doesn't even need an acronym. <laughs> that that need, I don't know what the heck that needs. Um, where can people track you down? So our website, again, um, ood.ohio.gov, um, information for, employer, for employers. Um, I'm under our business relations team. You'll see my, my picture there with my contact information. Um, yeah, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Um, one last thing I want to plug sure. is, is uh, October is National Disability Employment Awareness Month. I, I know you touched on that earlier. Yeah. And um, we have a lot of initiatives for that. But um, that, that's an initiative that, is, that has grown leaps and bounds due in large part to, uh, um, to the work of advocates with disabilities. And we... It's, it's absolutely important to take this time to recognize um, the, those efforts. And um, it, we are we have a, a hiring event. We have job fairs going on during that month all across the state. Um, but that doesn't ever mean that the, uh, the, the importance of um, recognizing those efforts in that area becomes lessened or less of a priority throughout the rest of the year. Yeah. But, but we are absolutely glad to take this, you know, take, take October to, to specifically recognize those efforts. Excellent. Thanks so much for the time. Absolutely. Thank you. This is Chief Armstrong of Toledo Fire and Rescue. 68 Words has been a production of the Ability Center hosted by Cumulus Media's Eric Chase. Engineering provided by Will Mellon and executive produced by Mallory Crooks. If you, your group, organization, or business is interested in hosting a disability awareness experience or have other inquiries, please contact info at abilitycenter.org. Until next time, think differently. Think differently. Think differently.